Welcome to Candy Bar and Your Boy, a series where I, Mike Rappin, discuss the Netflix original series Sweet Tooth with the one and only IRCB regular, Danny. Every week we'll be discussing one episode of the TV series and chatting about the comic of the same name by Jeff Lemire, originally published by Vertigo Comics. Now let's get into the show. This is Season 2, Episode 2, a.k.a. Episode 10, a.k.a. Into the Deep Woods, 49 minutes and 5 seconds. Spoilers for Episode 10, a.k.a. Season 2, Episode 2 of this show. If you haven't watched it, you better do that before you start listening to this episode. Um, Here's a quick summary about what happened. Um, Or I guess, Danny, how are you? Welcome to the show. We can talk about a summary in a second. I guess, what are your, your initial thoughts? How are you feeling the second episode in? Um... Mike, uh, I, I I enjoyed this episode not as much as the first one. I think the first one, it it was like the first one was the welcome party, and this one's like okay, now we gotta get down to business. Uh, yeah. Which and sometimes you know business is not as much fun as uh, you might have planned in your agenda. So. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. But but oh yeah, I mean overall, I think, uh, and we talked a little about it on the first episode. These two episodes kind of complement each other. Uh, almost yeah. feel like they, I guess because of the Netflix model that they need to break these up. But yeah, they felt like almost part of the same episode. Like this is this is really episode, uh, you know, one B of season two, uh, yeah. as opposed to actually yeah. episode two. Uh, so that that's pretty much where I'm at. What about you? Mike? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you know, let me let me sum things up really quick, and we can get into our discussion here because this episode covered a lot. It definitely feels like like you said, Danny, a one B. We figure out what's happening with Amy and Jep. So, um, yeah, I guess the the summary of this episode is, you know, we get a flashback to Jep's past in the form of a trippy dream, very similar to what we saw in episode one, where we find out like how Jep got involved with the Last Men, which is a whole big question mark that I think was sitting on the end of last season. We see Amy and Jep after Jep wakes up. Um, get into this zoo but they change their minds about busting out these kids because they get exposed as intruders which is a very weird sequence but we'll talk about that bear is on a journey you know last episode we saw her leaving birdie's family home as it was being burned to the ground um where she comes across jep stuff and kind of just leaves it uh and she's trying to find her way to where gus is um Singh moves his wife to a new location after seeing this purple flower in his cell in the, at the end of the la- or in her cell at the end of the last episode he knows that to be a not good sign when it comes to the virus so he's decided to move her but he's using it as an excuse to say like oh i just want to move you to a new place um change things up a little bit um Singh eventually meets with gus and gets him high on some of these purple flyer flowers and boy do we see some stuff i'll leave it there we'll talk about that later amy and jeff drive around a bunch uh, Dr. Singh's wife realizes that the zoo used to be someone's home and we hear some sad TikTok music over Gus's explanation about Yellowstone to the kids. Um, I'll admit the end of that summary is a little vague because I'll be honest, Danny, this episode was a little boring to me in the second half. Um, but let me hear your thoughts before we get into um, my problems with this episode. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think this episode is really front loaded when it comes to the the better stuff. Uh, I mean, everything that kind of builds up. Although, as I was listening to your summary, it's really interesting. I missed the whole part about why Singh wanted to move his wife. So I'm glad you brought some insight into that. Yeah, you know, I forgot to mention it last episode, but there is a one moment, like a, a snap of a pan, of, or not a panel, snap of a scene right at the end where he's looking at his wife. She's praying to their their deity, and he looks over to the right, and he notices a purple flower kind of growing out of some some mush in the corner and he's like oh no he makes kind of a face and then they don't address it now of course that's becomes very clear much later in the episode 
Um, but yeah, I think he moved her specifically for that reason because he's like, oh no, this is something. Or he made this realization that, oh no, these purple flowers have something to do with these hybrids. Let's see what we can figure it out. Either either way, I think he wanted to get her out of that situation because I think maybe they established it last season, but there is a correlation between when people die and these these flowers being grown. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah he's very worried, obviously. Okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think that was something that the summary, uh, the recap for season one didn't really focus on either, I think, a lot on, on that part yeah. of the episode. Although we do see, um, I think maybe that was last episode, but yeah, I, what, what is it with the show and all these like uh, dream sequences that, that that just give you a lot <laughs> of lore and explanation uh, while while you're hallucinating or, or like, in this yeah. case, because of Jeb, because of his injury, he's probably like has you know maybe like an infection or something that he's trying to overcome. Yeah. Uh, that was very interesting that his coach from from his football time was the one that kind of got him into the the last men. Um, yeah, <laughs> because the the gathering, and I'll call it that to be polite, uh, the <laughs> gathering that they're having just feels bad to me. It it gives bad blood oh. for sure. <sighs> Uh, a lot we, of bad vibes once again we 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 touch on this um stuff and look of course this show being about a virus and then the real world situation of an actual virus being around there's a lot of, a lot of parallels there but i mean this is from a time this this is from something that jeff lemire did a long time ago right so i think it's jeff, yeah, he, yeah he's more focused on the human nature reaction of it uh and and how they're adapting mm-hmm. that to the show so um it was it was a bad idea, but I think we can see that Jeb only joined the Last Men because he felt that was the only choice he had to to get his family back. Uh, yeah. Not because overall he had, at any point aligned with their views or beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt that when you know before he violently woke up and and started trying to figure out what he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a. <laughs> I don't know. Again, this is where I said, like, you know, I'm feeling really conflicted about this episode because, like, on the one hand, I like this idea, like, Amy and Jep have this back and forth about, like, should we go in? Should we wait? Amy wants to plan. Jep's like, don't be stupid about this. You're stupid. And she's like, I'm not stupid. You're stupid. Uh, and then they decide to go into this, this thing. And, like, the the plan is so or the, the actions that they take are so, like, half thought out. It's so weird. Um, Amy managed to sl- slip past things and I was like okay I guess maybe she's gonna do something well and I was like when does this take place and I totally forgot about the dog thing even though I watched these episodes back to back I'll be, <laughs> be honest with you um, I was like how the hell is she what's gonna happen here um, and you know she gets she, she Jep she gets found out she gets found out then suddenly there's an alarm and then in the last second Jep has dog and he puts dog inside this feed bag that like it's so I'm just like okay I guess we have to move the narrative forward and it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but it was a very weird sequence because then the rest of the episode is them like getting chased down by these drones that they, that the last men suddenly have. The last men have access to like superb high level army drones. And some people are like, I can barely make butter with the cream that we have. So I'm like, we, what we time see, do we live in? We see both the most modern drone you've ever seen and also a you yeah. are being pulled by a horse in this episode. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, it's so so bizarre. But uh, I, but anyways, you yeah, know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Move past that. Um, yeah, let's. I, so I agree with you that the show it, it feels weird that they build a little bit of tension with the conflict between Amy and, and Jeb, but like it always yeah. gets resolved with Jeb just kind of agreeing with Amy. Like 
fine, we'll yeah. do it your way, right? Uh, even yeah, when yeah, he yeah. doesn't want to. Um, I, I did think it was interesting to see the uh, the screening process that the last men have set up for, like, to make sure that people, I guess, aren't sick as they come back into right. the camp. Um, Pinkies. <laughs> That <laughs> yes, it's it's it could be a lot easier than that, but no, they do like a blood sample and like yeah, you know, the the sensor in your face, like like a thermometer, um, mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So that part's very interesting. But then security still still seems very lax because like they never like you don't have to identify yourself as you're coming in. Like just because you're wearing their jacket, that means that you're one. I don't yeah. know. Feels feels like. You're really secure in one point, but then you don't really care about some stuff. Because uh, I feel like yeah. Amy got in there. Also, how did Jeb get in there? Uh, because he just uh, kind of uh, he Batman his way into the this complex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, I mean, we kind of see that like he's able to show his brand as like this thing to be like you don't have to question me, even if he is like the most wanted man in a in America or something. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, um, who knows how long how much is left of the country? So. Right. Well, and again, this is where I'm like, this episode was weird because I'm like, they they set up all these rules and then none of the rules matter and then they matter and then like they create this thing and then they immediately erase it. Right. Like Amy's like, don't worry. I know of this secret way. It's going to be perfect for us. And then it's immediately sealed up. So you're like, OK, no hope. It's weird to be like, let's introduce a thing to immediately shut it down. Um, Whereas it would have been interesting if there was a little bit more build up there. Yeah. But again, I think this is this is the show kind of like intentionally trying to narrow paths to say like the only way that these kids are going to get out is if they do it themselves um which is a which is again putting more on gus putting more on him being a leader Mm -hmm. um like they're very much skewing that way and because like uh, you know let's peek a little bit behind the curtain of the source material here right like if you're looking at the comics gus becomes this leader unintentionally just like in this show Mm -hmm. where he doesn't necessarily want to be the leader but he finds that he's the only one who really can and he strangely enough has the charisma to do so because like he was raised as a regular kid and a lot of these kids were not raised as regular kids and they need someone to look to and gus seem gus and wendy really seem to be the only people that know what's going on or have at least enough understanding of how the world works because the rest of them have either been mistreated or they just are too young because they're little fucking kids like they're under 10 years old like it's crazy to think that any of them could do anything. So to even put this on a 10-year-old is a lot, but I guess I'd rather put it on the 10-year-old than the 7-year-old, you know? Yeah, I guess so. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get I realize I'm getting a little bit ahead of things, but like um, you know, they they managed to make the dog thing make sense, which is mm-hmm. good. It gives Gus the hope that he needs to know that Jep is going to save him because we saw in season 1, no matter what happened, Jep was going to do anything that he could to save Gus. Um, which I love. And then again, I fell off this episode a little bit. I was honestly bored because like Amy and and Jep just kind of drive around. Um, we do get a little bit more information with Singh. And I think the most interesting part here is like the crazy lore dump that we get in the yeah. hallucination. So I don't know if there's anything in the middle there that you want to talk about before we get to the hallucination. No, stuff, no, let, I mean, feel free to chime that. in. That was definitely my the, that was also my my favorite part of the episode. Uh, just the the hallucination and kind of like what it really reveals uh because that's not oh my god that that's not something that we've explored right i didn't even realize why the flowers made him hallucinate in season season one until mm-hmm, dr mm-hmm. singh explained it in this episode that it's you know the pollen that that they release and that only affects hybrids uh but what is like in my mind i'm just thinking like what does that do to like 
people that are not hybrids. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, wh- what did you think yeah. of that whole? Once again, another dream sequence because this is this show is the only <laughs> way that it can do uh, uh, exposition only by dreams. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is like I think this is again I think I said this last episode of like the show is leaning further away from the science of things and more into the mystical side of things, right? So we're we're getting more trances, we're getting more dreamscapes, we're getting more more things that are like beyond the realm of scientific understanding, you know? We, we get so much lore in this. Like I think I wrote in my notes like one, so we're just getting kids fucked up on TV then, huh? <laughs> that, I have a say I have the, I have a note that just says, "Oh, we're just going to drug guys, huh?" Okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. Um and then I, you know, we, we get into <laughs> Ooh. Sorry, all I could think of like, what I did, did, did Graham Morrison write this episode? What's going on? Uh, yeah, well, it's like we get to go into Gus's quote mind palace, right? Where we get to see him like yeah. flashing back to him as a kid. He's like, I don't want to do this. And Sing gets like super serious. He's like, yeah. You're gonna do this. Like, he obviously, you know, Sing is on a timetable. Um, not that that's an excuse, but like his pressure is coming from an external source. One, he's, I mean, he's curious. And it's starting to explain things to him that he couldn't explain scientifically. But two, like, he's got two days left now. And that's all that he has before this guy comes back and kills his wife. You know, um, Abbott comes back and kills his wife, right? Because Abbott's currently out of the station. He leaves his buddy or his his brother, we find out, Johnny, in charge. Yeah, because um, he calls him by like a Nick Davy or D- I mean, sorry, yeah, he Dougie. Calls him Dougie. He calls him Dougie. Yeah. Uh, and then we find, you know, he, he says at one point, he's like, you know, I used to have an older brother or I haven't, I, you know, I grew up the younger brother. I know that face, you know, yeah. anyways. Um, but yeah, seeing pushing on Gus to get this information out of him, figure out, I need you to remember when you were younger and he, Gus can't, he's like, oh no, I was just a baby. And he's like, think about it. You can, you can remember anything you want, right? Like you're in control here. Um, and so we get to see like lore, man, we got. We got information about the company that supposedly created him because Singh is like, you didn't have a belly button. You were not born like the rest of these kids. Right. Um, we're getting stuff about the Arctic or Alaska. Something about the winter is being everywhere and it keeps trying to over overwhelm Gus's mind. And then we get the moment where the door opens on Gus's dad's cabin and there's this giant like deer skeleton monster thing that's there. Oh my gosh, Danny. I tell you i'm sitting at home by myself watching this episode i yelped because if we're not this is this is pure comic book lore stuff and i am 100 here for it so uh, what was your take on it not knowing maybe how everything tied together with the bigger comic book story i think that sequence visually it's really striking i love how we get into the different levels of this the mindscape i guess like very very inception right like here we are and totally as uh uh, Gus starts thinking about the times he was younger. I love how he pictures his his cabin with Puba, like this little small model thing, and he opens it yeah. from the roof, and then he kind of goes in there, and and he starts seeing the. I wrote it down: the Project Midnight Sun stuff, and like focus on the names, yeah. and then Fort Minor, where Singh tells him that there were theories that Fort Minor was the one that had created the virus, and not really the hybrid. Mm-hmm. So like all the all these things are kind of coming together. Uh, so I do appreciate that we're getting answers to a lot of the questions that had been posed really for like a whole season. And mm-hmm. and now we're getting a little bit of answers. Now, of course, all of that stuff comes with more questions. Uh, but yeah, yeah, of course. 
but visually it was great. And then as we lead up to that big moment that you just talked about, that big reveal with whatever that creature is with the giant antlers, uh, and and Doctor Singh has to physically pull out uh, a Gus out of the mind, the, I guess the room with the flowers to get him mm-hmm. to to snap out of the the dream. It was really really cool. Like that 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 yeah. whole sequence makes the episode really worth watching. Uh, even though overall it was maybe a little bit long, like that part just sure just getting so many things that that we were looking forward to. Um, yeah, dude, th- that scene though like woke me up out of a trance though. Like I, I was I was genuinely like falling off. Like I as much as I you know there's a car chase is interesting like with a drone, cool looking drone, but like I was just like whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because like so Amy and and then Jeff have to like leave the city, and I was like hold on on a second, like why did they have to get out of there? Like this drone just couldn't follow them. I don't know. I was barely paying attention, but that 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 hallucination bit, such cool like experimental film kind of yeah, things too, yeah, right? Because yeah. like Sing was talking in front of the microphone, and then they would cut to Sing standing in this giant like warehouse thing, standing right next to Gus, and they're oh, like yelling so their lines, not looking at each other. It was so cool, like the way they cut that together. It was really really well edited. Um, it felt trippy in the way that I didn't feel overwhelmed in like some movies will like flash lights at you and they'll do weird warping effects. This felt like the way to do a low budget, like get out of your freaky head, man, like mm-hmm. moment without overwhelming your sen- or senses. I-, I really appreciated that. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Uh, so that was, that was, that was great. I'm glad we got that sequence. Yeah. Then it leads to one of my like favorite moments because it shows you just how smart Gus is. Like as he's kind of being brought back to his cell, he, he mm-hmm. trips over. Uh, to get some some crayons that are or some chalk that's on the floor, uh, mm-hmm. so like just like I said, I said this in episode one of our of our show, like all the little details and the attention to all these little the little touches that the, that are seeding things for the future. Like you kind of have to. I'm glad we're doing the show because it it leads me to not only pay attention more, uh, but also like take a few notes and maybe call call some things back. So uh, that's really neat. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about Dougie a little bit, uh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. please, think, please, please. And and now that we're doing this, I don't remember. I guess it was in this episode where we, I kind of got the the. Uh, it feels to me that he's kind of a big fish in the little pond, when he finally meets with the other people. Maybe I don't know if that was episode one, but he gets to, he has a meeting with, with I guess some of the other groups that are oh yeah around. Uh, and two of the leaders, they just choose not to show up. Like it's not even worth mm-hmm. their time to meet with Abbott. Uh, yeah. And they send somebody else. And even this person who seems to be like, he's probably like this uh, second in command or something. Like even he feels like he's only there to fulfill an obligation as opposed to actually be interested yeah. in meeting with Abbott. So to me, it feels like this whole group of the last, it, it invalidates even more any efforts that the last men are already like doing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it just really tells me like other people don't want to deal with them because they're kind right. of shit bags. Uh, I, so I was correct that they are shit bags. So like, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah, that whole thing, like it took him down a notch because up until now he had been so menacing in, and now yeah. I feel like he's just kind of had, has this like Napoleon type of complex almost where yeah. like I have to be this mean or a terrible person so that people will take me seriously or whatever, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, well, his think... only his only leverage against people is violence, 
right? right? He doesn't actually have anything that people need, mm -hmm. but he has guns and he has capable people to use those weapons mm -hmm. to the, for the most part, right? I think we've, we kind of see a little bit, I think in last episode and this episode of like these guards, maybe not being the best at what they do as these kids are able to kind of like, you know, fib with them. And I, we didn't talk about it last episode, but you know, they made a call out to the radio and that's yeah. what got Jep and Amy involved in the first place, which I thought was a nice little thing. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up, that he's definitely not a respected member of the, the tribes of people that are out there. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and of course, he, hearing Johnny in this episode, talk about him, like he's just his older brother. Right. Yeah. And he, we don't really know more about that. The comic does, a, I think, a pretty good job of kind of explaining their dynamic. Maybe we're going to I think we're clearly going to get that because I think that's going to be important to the downfall of their group, um, assuming that happens. I um, I kind of like Johnny and I hope that eventually he realizes the error of like what they've been doing and mm. almost uh, takes over for him, like maybe tries to lead them in a better direction. Um, yeah, but I don't know, because I mean, at this point, I don't know how those kids are going to get out of there. Like so yeah. the the only thing i can see is that uh we know that dr singh's wife's been moved to a different place and she she meets out with wendy so there's a little mm -hmm. bit of that uh or it could be a johnny thing i don't really know but i i kind of see like like i said the show's really good about starting to show some of those little details and, and avenues that we could take be so it doesn't feel jarring when they do happen right yeah. so like yeah. that kind of makes sense yeah they do a good job of planting a lot of seeds and allowing them to really grow on their own like I i'm curious to know what the hell's gonna happen with bear like she got on the back of this this weird u-haul truck being pulled by by horses um and just like starts staring in on this older woman <laughs> this guy pulls her off he's like hey wait what the hell are you doing and she's like oh you're attractive uh i like your sweater vest and i was like dude he's got a cool sweater vest yeah, can yeah. i get that sweater vest <laughs> especially for the apocalypse like you know yeah yeah hard to find um, but yeah, again, like what what Bear's journey is is going to become, I, I have no idea. You know, where are Amy and and Jep going? Again, I wasn't completely paying attention to their story because I was really bored about a car chase. Um, yeah. But like, where are they going now that they're outside of the city? Um, you know, again, they're setting things up for this season to develop, and I like that they didn't do all of that in season one mm -hmm. or episode one. Instead, episode one was like, hey, let's get back to basics. Let's show you where the show is at, um, and it really shine a spotlight on Gus to remind you that he is the main character and that he's very important to the entire story, not just because he's the main character, but like he might become a leader. He's becoming a leader. Yeah. And they, they do a good job of doing that here. And in this episode, um, especially at the end with him telling everybody about Yellowstone when like last episode, he was like, I'm not going to go back home because that's where my papa was. And I was sad. And then he, he like does a full 180 this episode to say like i think i have to go back and i want to tell all these kids about this place that is the most wonderful magical place in the world and so he draws that picture and it's really nice but oh. they have all the sad tiktok music over it oh. I, just, I couldn't help but laugh <laughs> that's funny because the way i wrote it in my notes is that the end sequence with the song filled me with hope again but it's funny that oh, you take it as, as a sad uh tiktok music um yeah no i'm i think gus is learning uh, fr from the things that he's experienced and a little bit of putting in some putting into action some of the things he learned from his papa and and and, and jeopard like this is kind of how they motivated him or maybe these are some of the things that they did to try to motivate him that didn't work so maybe he's trying a different approach uh, yeah and also yeah. he's a child like let's not yeah. forget that he is a child uh so uh so there's always that so yeah I, the the chase sequence with with Amy and Jepper, like 
how did he not get shot with their big gun? Like it just <laughs> Yeah. It th- this part, this that was a part of the world. Like, don't put them in tough situations that they can't really get out of if you don't know if you yeah. don't know how you're gonna write them out of it. Um yeah. Yeah. although I do love me a slingshot. Uh so so that was yeah. really fun how to take out the drone. <laughs> it it felt, felt almost video game like like oh I missed oh, a yeah. shot and like let me grab this can of whatever. Oh, got yeah. the drone. I just took out the, the right. biggest technology that we have left in this world with a can you of You know beans. that these types of drones, you know these types of drones are never actually worthwhile when like a simple like piece of string could take them out. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> And and these look like, like all I got to do is float a, bu- a balloon underneath one and it's done. It's off the, it's out of my hair, you know. Yeah, and this one looked like it was souped up. It looked like Edith, Edith, the Edith drones from uh, Spider-Man 2. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> like Tony Stark put that thing together, but yeah, it, it got taken out with a with a can of beans, so kind of been that yeah. good. Um, <laughs> and why would they not? I don't know. It feels like the and then they still found them with the truck, anyways. So yeah. I don't know. Like the the drone seemed seemed like a little thing that was an overreach. Somebody um, was like, "We need to put a drone in this show," and you know, maybe Lockheed Martin sponsored an episode sponsored, of yeah, Candy Bar Other Boy, or excuse me, Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. Well, interesting episode. Again, I felt like it was a little slow. I, I'm now that we're seeing kind of the pan, the paths diverge a little bit, right? Like Amy and Jep are going one direction. Mm-hmm. Gus is thinking of doing things in his own way, and we got Bear going in another direction. We didn't really get much of a follow up on Birdie this episode, but we, I'm sure that we will get more. Yeah, I think that she's intentionally left vague right now that the connection is broken with her. They don't no longer have the phone. Probably not going to get a lot from her this season, is my guess. But obviously, her role is extremely important. And Bear clearly has a drive to find Gus so that he can get this cassette tape. Now, yeah. how they're going to play this cassette, I don't know. But that's not really on us to figure out. Well, there, I'm sure there will be a nice Deus Ex Machina, a Deus Ex Machina to get that figured out. But um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting episode. Probably not my favorite so far. But obviously, setting the groundwork for the longer season is never as exciting as the payoff for that. So that's true. Um, that's true. Yeah. Uh, which is which is why I think I recommend and this is kind of a weird place to put the recommendation, but watch episodes one and two together if you want to like yeah. really get something out of it. Um, yeah, totally. Um, the, yeah, I guess any any last thoughts, any open questions? Yeah, I guess you have Danny. There's a couple of things. Like I said, I I think the music's been pretty good for me this this season overall. Totally. Uh, I like the. There's a couple of needle drops that are fun, and then just overall, like in in those big tension scenes, there's definitely good music. Um, mm-hmm. and also how do they still have gas? Cause it's been at least <laughs> eight, nine years since this whole thing started. And if you've watched mm-hmm. other apocalyptic shows this year, uh, they've told us that gas has a shelf life and gas goes bad if it's just kind of been sitting there. <laughs> so like, where's this oil sure. production coming from? Uh, I need answers. Netflix, Jeff Lemire reaches, reach out to us and tell us, um, so yeah. Yeah, I guess the the last thing I'll say is we didn't we didn't know too much about what happened with the kids this week uh, on this episode. Uh, there was a really nice moment where like they get water for the turtle kid. Gus manages to convince the Sing that like they need to be treated a little bit better, yeah. kind of. Um, and you know, I I like that we got the little the little turtle kid who was singing, and you know, they did a little shadow puppet thing. Like it's very cute, very wholesome moments with the kids. Again, met with extreme whiplash. <laughs> to yes. Like, by the way, things are really, really bad. 
like I, I don't understand why this show thinks they can keep getting away with it, but I'm going to be annoyed with it every single episode when they do this. I'm like, let's do two minutes of niceness and then immediately 180 into, by the way, everyone's going to die. Like, holy shit. Yeah. You can't keep getting away with this. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's good, though. Um, it's, it's overall, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next episode, though. So am I. So am I. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, you know, send us an email, send us a voicemail, ircbpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe we can play you and get you roped in to have part of this conversation with me and Danny for future episodes. Um, but you know, until next time, you know, you can follow us all on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We got a Discord, we got a Goodreads, we're on YouTube, pretty much everywhere on the internet where you can find podcasts. Um, it's a fantastic place to be. Uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ircbpodcast to get access to all sorts of exclusive stuff like the IRCB Movie Club, Better Batmobile Season 2, Giant Days of Our Lives, our Giant Days reading series, Saga of Saga, where we cover every single issue of Saga, issue by issue, um, and so much more. Um, I want to say thank you to the Sam DS who did the IRCB Candy Bar logo. The music for this episode is Beautiful CS by Robert Farmer. Thank you to Danny. Thank you to Kara for proof listening. Thank you to everyone out there listening. If you got this far in the episode, we love you. We love you. We love you. Until next time, comics are good, and so are you.